1: You have accessed entry one zero three zero dot PS five zero one zero certificate number two six four one nine Rons de as a musician. Yes.
0: How does music function in your memory? You know how music is such a huge generational marker and nostalgia generator for people? I mean, do you have that as well from your early life and your musical career?
1: Yes, a lot. Although I find that the nostalgia of it has weirdly kind of diluted with time. There was absolutely a time when I was in my twenties that I could listen to Hall and Oates and be like magically transported back to 1982. Yeah. When it was 1992 or 94. Um, but since then I've heard Hall and Oates so many times. And I think part of it was that from 1982 to 1992, Hall and Oates fell completely out of the, uh, out of rotation. I hadn't heard man eater in a decade. And so hearing it again for the first time, it was like, wow. And I felt that way about, like a lot of us did about Baker street or, you know, some of those hit tunes from AM radio in the seventies, you just didn't hear them. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you heard him again and the Foo Fighters covered it because it was like, oh my God, our childhood. But how many times have I heard Baker Street from 92 to the present? You know, and especially once I could listen to it whenever I wanted to.
0: It does help when it disappears and comes back.
1: Yeah. And so the the ability now to hear all music has taken away that pleasure of like, oh, I haven't heard this forever and especially now, you listen to streaming or radio and they get one song. They get they get, Pat Benatar's um, Love is a, love battlefield, a Battlefield and they play it every day. Every time you put on greatest rock hits of the 80s sung by f- strong female leads, it's like, great, Love is a Battlefield again. Like, can't
0: you? But if not Spotify, do you ever come across... Buried music and just it immediately puts you back in childhood, adolescence. You know, the other day I I kind of avoided Led Zeppelin
1: for a while because it just felt like I know every note of that stuff. I don't need to hear it again. But um, my daughter said something to me about like, oh well, you know, we'll just do that in the evening. And I was like, in the evening, and I then I needed to hear this song. And I put it on, and I don't think I'd listen to it in fifteen years. Probably, it's not
0: one of the tracks you hear on the radio. And it did. It, it, I was back in the dorms. I've had. It doesn't even have to be. I mean, we're all talking about pop and rock songs, but honestly, like. Oh, if you played Bill's Canon right now, I would be I in nineteen eighty. I wasn't. I guess that's true. <laughs> I'd be at a wedding in nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> But you know, it could be the it could also be John Tesh's NBA on NBC music or the Sesame Street um, pinball the the Pointer Sisters twelve I mean then you can really just taste the graham crackers you're eating and feel the feel the where the rip in the couch is when you're watching that show or the you know the Magnum PI theme
1: yeah there's some of those for sure like the um, Star Wars disco album <laughs> or <laughs> the or again sesame street disco basically all disco records
0: all all uh all disco cash in records yeah. that you owned as a child
1: apparently if you played like side 2 of sesame street disco i haven't heard that since 1979
0: yeah cuz spotify keeps only playing the the big hits on side a <laughs> it does it drives me bananas exactly i mean i love you drew Carey, but cuz i remember for
1: sure uh, listening to every track on that record over and over, but I don't—I couldn't name them. You know, you've got "C is for Cookie" and you've got "Rubber Ducky." You're the one uh, in disco versions, apparently. Disco versions. I had
0: the straight version of this record, so oh, I did. didn't—I did not have it. Is there a disco? It's—it's it's not easy being green. Nope, nope. Sorry, they left that track off. You can't really dance to a a slow song with no rhyme.
1: But it also had uh, like three feet high and rising style skits.
0: In between oh, it, yeah. where Ernie was like, "Hey, Bert!" Yeah, Sesame Street invented that. Hit the dance floor. Hip hop owes everything to Sesame Street disco. Uh Before that, only that one Todd Rundgren record had weird skits on it. I uh, yeah, for some reason, music really does seem to be a full pipeline back to people's past.
1: Does, is it for you? I mean, if you listen to, if you listen to ABBA, uh,
0: Chiquita. Are you there? I have a very strong yeah, but what is there? You know, I've I've a very very strong autobiographical memory. I think, and and I'm emotionally kind of prone toward nostalgia, so I'm very good at you know, for much of my life, I knew. You tell me a movie, I can tell you what theater I saw it in. You show me a book, I can tell you which which mall B Dalton I bought it in. (laughs) Uh, And it was true for music as well, you know. But again, the associations are not always the primary ones. Like my, you know, if I hear a. If I hear Rubber Soul to this day I will think about not 1965 but I'll think about the tape player in my room where I um you know appropriated the Beatles cassettes that my dad had bought in a box set at some point in the 80s you know so it's a pipeline back to the Reagan era for me to hear Rubber Soul or Beatles for Sale Yeah I you know my relationship to ABBA
1: which was strong in the 70s was completely superseded by the release of ABBA Gold in the late 80s. And when I hear ABBA, I think of the island of Corfu <laughs> Mama mia. in Greece. You know, like <laughs> I listened to that record a lot in Greece and oh, I just, okay. you know, and like I had a crazy summer and, um, and it's just, it's all Cor- Corfu all the time, which – that's not a that's not a normal association with ABBA. I should be thinking about my...
0: If you've seen Mamma Mia, it is, but... Uh, oh, is there Greece it's in Mamma Mia? It's set in the Greek islands, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Not oh, I had a though. personal Mamma Mia, I y- guess. You were right there. I never saw it. Did you meet three different men, each of whom could have been your father?
1: No, I was staying in this, I was staying in this, I don't know, guest house with two Swedes, a, a tall blonde guy and his beautiful girlfriend and we were all 20 i don't know what 20 nothing and i was in love with her and i could tell she was in love with me but she was in a relationship with this ding dong boom and you think of swedes as all being like really elegant and regal but he was just a ding dong and i was like why it's just another one of these stories where i was like why aren't we together you and me and would you listen to abba to this day are there certain songs that remind you of this woman well she and she was the one that introduced uh, the ABBA record into the
0: equation, so she was like, "Oh my god, I love the love these songs." It is true that after a, a breakup or a unrequited love or something, certain songs do really speak to you. And to yeah. this day, that flavors certain songs. When I listen to, you know, I'll listen to, oh, this song on this song on this record reminds me of this girl. Oh, this sad Matthew Sweet song reminds me of this other girl
1: under the airplane over the sea. Is with Anne Frank? It's all one hundred percent. Girl, I
0: couldn't have one hundred percent.
1: Megan Thompson for me. Are you gonna? You're actually gonna name the names here? Yeah, Megan's not listening. I guarantee it.
0: <laughs> that was the whole problem. <laughs> she <laughs> never <laughs> listened to me. <laughs> Megan's not listening to this podcast, and no one she knows is. I want to talk a little bit more about the phenomenon of music and memory, but let's get into it by let's go back to sixteenth century Switzerland. What do you say?
1: I love it there. <laughs>
0: <that you do. laughs> oh, I'm a Calvinist through and through. Uh that's where the titular, the titular air of our show today, the Rons de Vosch, originates. Now, Rons de Vosch is a weird just you look at it and you're like, is that German? Is that French? What is happening there? And the answer I would is you call it
1: French German.
0: Yeah, it's Switzerland. So it's both. It's 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 Furman. It's actually Franco it's a Franco Provençal dialect spoken in Southern France, little tip of northwestern Italy, and a chunk of Switzerland, which but, doesn't really have a name. Uh, it's sometimes called Arpitan, which is their local word for Alpine. They have an R in Alpine for some reason.
1: But isn't the Vosch a way of referring to
0: Germans? It wasn't no, that kind of a slur? That would be Bosch, right? Oh, the Boche. thank you. Vosch just means cow, it's where we well, get our word. Be a slur if you called a German that. Sure, they well they wouldn't understand. You'd be saying it in French. No, it's a Bosh. You're right. Vos is uh, like if you've ever eaten a laughing cow cheese cube. Those I are sure have La Curie in their native France. Oh. I think. Um, also, where we get our word vaccine. It's uh It was originally a, a cowpox-derived uh, serum. All the more reason that omnibus uh,
1: steadfastly resolves. That you should never vaccinate your children or no, yourself. They'll turn into cows. They are. It's a cow disease and they'll turn into cows.
0: John got a lot of all the required vaccines as a kid, and now he just chews gum mm. incessantly. Uh no, we're extremely pro vaccine on omnibus. Pro vaccine anti Hitler. Get all of them. Pro vaccine anti Hitler. Mm. Yeah. In this house, I'm gonna get one of those in this house signs that says <laughs> just pro vaccine. Anti-Hitler. Well, what's funny is anti-vaccine pro-Hitler is also an Amer- uh, like a political party <laughs> that's in the America. New, that's the other. That's the more common position today. I was walking by a a, a no-parking sign um, not too far from where I live, actually. That, Did you get a ticket? No, I wasn't parked there, I was on foot. Oh, but I the, was assuming you'd get a ticket for that. The sign had two clauses. No chupacabra, no in-and-out privileges. Privileges misspelled. Huh? I guess there's a Mexican place not across the street called Chupacabra.
1: Oh, but the no sign chupacabra.
0: really dictates no no chupacabras, no in and out privileges. Huh? Which I thought would be a good in this house sign. <laughs> <laughs> in this house, no
1: parking, no chupacabras, no in and out privileges.
0: Anyway, in this little part of Provence and eastern Switzerland and northwestern Italy, to this day, a uh, few hundred thousand people speak what they just call or gaga this is eastern switzerland so why does anybody speak in french should i say eastern western switzerland oh okay okay okay. no it's the it's on the french border uh and it's a super fragmented language where you go to the next village and they'll have a different accent and oh two villages away they'll have a weird
1: vocabulary no i've i've been in those places and obviously i don't know enough to be able to tell but Talking to French people, German people, and Italian people who are there, they all claim that those uh, dialects are unintelligible. You can you can't understand them, and they they sound like they're
0: just mumbling through their nose. Like to anybody who actually speaks French, German, and Italian, you yeah
1: won't. yeah they, you can't hear any of the what what is it that they just leave off the end syllables of every word, and they they don't pronounce any of the consonants. <laughs> so it's just like
0: uh, it's, it's a bad combination this uh, Franco Provencal it's a language it's not just a dialect uh, in the Gruyere region it's, it's a language yeah like a romance language like a Germanic it's a romance language
1: uh, but with German vocabulary kind of the opposite of English a German language with I guess, I guess
0: this is calling it a dialect group, but oh. I don't know if I would say it's any closer to French. I mean, it's 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 halfway between French and Occitan, right? Which is kind of its own,
1: sure, which sure, is
0: sure. very much its own Catalan-like language and not, not just a French with a f- funny accent. Um, but the language is so, the history of it is so fragmented and confusing that it's not even clear today what Rons de Vache, this uh, immortal song even means. Hmm. Rance is believed to mean rank, as in a, a line or a row. So Rance Devash would just mean... A, a pro- row of cows? Yeah, like a procession of cows, March of the Cows, basically. But in That's other... A great film. <laughs> March of the Cows. They keep their little eggs warm between their hooves. Huh. Uh, in other theories, uh, older writings, Rance is said to just derive from rondo, like it's the rondo of the cows, like the, the song of the cows... Or it could come from Rane, meaning to rejoice, the joy of the cows. Oh, the joy of the cows. It all seems to be related to the German ka which the Ka definitely means cows. The Reihen is just as confusing. It could mean rank, so it would just be the same as, it would also be March of the Cows. I feel like we're, we're settling in on March of the Cows. I mean, that semantically is pretty good. It could mean dance. It's also close to a word meaning dance. It's also close to a word meaning fetch, fetch the cows. Right? Um, all three things that happen. So it could be that it came as a, that Ron is a mistranslation of cow which actually means cow dance or cow fetching. And they mistakenly thought meant cow parade and translated overly directly because the song. I feel Rons-Devash, like all of these things are the same thing. The dance of the cows, you a cow care. parade and fetching the cows are the same. It could be. If you if you fetch the cows, and as they march home, they start to dance. Or mm. you dance with joy Anywhere till the cows come
1: cows, home. Cows, till the cows come home. Anywhere that your relationship with cows is not in the American way, which is 10,000 head of cattle, but rather like you own a cow and your neighbor owns a cow, and in the morning you kick them out and they go up to the hill and This eat. is
0: Switzerland. They're they're
1: And then at the afternoon or the evening, the cows do come home. And-
0: That's what the reference is. Yeah, okay. Um, the folk song that grew up around the air called Rons de Va- 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 is clearly about end of day cow retreat. Here come the cows. Yeah. And in fact, his, uh, traditionally, this song would be maybe played on an Alpen horn
1: possibly as a
0: signal to the cows. How many notes can you play on an Alpen horn? At once. Boop, 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 boop. I like how just by doing an impression of it, you think you've proven that, uh, <laughs> that it's was, the Star Wars theme. I was in Switzerland for the first time last summer, and uh, it was a rainy day, and we were waiting for our train back to Interloch, and We'd walked up to the waterfall where uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, kills Moriarty. Uh-huh. I mean, he doesn't actually exist, but today there's a bunch of tourism <laughs> built around. At the time, that was a big uh, tourist attraction for... Particularly British tourists, this, you know, because Britain is not full of angry maelstrom waterfalls. No, it's and, full of angry males. <laughs> <laughs> it is. They all voted for Brexit. Uh whereas this one is pretty close to the, you know, it's in it's in the valley, it's close to the train tracks. It was could be easily visited. A lot of alpinist tourist culture was built up around this waterfall. It was raining and we walked up there to see that we took the funicular up and we walked down. Why did you not say alpinist? Are you afraid to say penist? Do you think uh, it should be alpinist? Yes. Do you have a twelve-inch alpinist? (laughs) I I, alpinist feels feels very weird to me. But then maybe it's neither. Maybe it's like alpinist. Alpinist. Who says that? In fact, it is alpinist according to Merriam-Webster. Alpinist. Alpinist. I reject alpinist and all its works. Alpinist. So we were walking back, and we uh, we needed the kids were hungry, so we found a little we found a pizza place near the. Train station, which was actually pretty good, and enjoyed our pizza, and then we had missed our train, so we were gonna we we're kind of sitting in the gloaming on the train platform.
1: Oh, I love that
0: for half an hour in uh, whatever the town is near Reichenbach, Meringen. It's the in, it's where meringue was invented. <gasps> wow, isn't that amazing? I love being on this show. There's a town where <laughs> <laughs> you learn so much. Sherlock Holmes yeah. died like. You know, a half an hour walk from the birthplace of meringue. Wow! And to this, dark as a covenant is just right there. To this day, they are reliant wholly on meringue and Sherlock Holmes-based tourism. And giant um, fake meringues kind of dangle on chains from from bakery and and confectionery signs.
1: What do you think the Venn diagram of Sherlock Holmes fans and meringue tourists is?
0: (laughs) Well, if you're in that tiny intersection, let me. I have a recommendation for you. I have the place for you to go. And as we're sitting there waiting for our train, uh, some kids start to set off uh, fireworks in the parking lot. And we remember that this is, we have seen them earlier setting up back in Interlaken for like Swiss National Day. This story is getting very complicated. I guess July has some kind of Swiss Confederation Day, whatever their 4th of July is. Right. And we hear uh, a, a oompa band playing. Good, okay. And, and the train's not coming, so I wander over. So, you I know, love this movie. Kids are setting off, the sun is sinking behind the Alps, kids are setting off cherry bombs or whatever. In You're the, in the gloaming. Here in the here in the, the the twilight. Carrying a meringue. I walk over to the building next to the train station, which appears Wearing to be a Deerstalker hat. holding a giant <laughs> giant meringue and a magnifying glass. <laughs> and I walk over to the building next to the train station, which appears to be some kind of community hall having a delightful town gathering. It's got a real church chicken dinner or pancake breakfast kind of vibe like a, a, yeah a brass band is playing in the corner as some people dance and then a, a local mayor type has gotten up and is is speaking in german i believe um as everybody digs into Ocetanum. their as everyone digs into their swiss dinner and uh and i i hang around i'm i'm watching kind of through a back door kind of hoping the the band will go on again. And instead, a man comes out the back. I think everyone stands up for some kind of patriotic song. And a man comes out the back and readies his Alpenhorn, which has been lying on the veranda unknown to me. Oh, wow. And he picks it up. How big is it? I mean, Alpenhorn is long. Long, 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 long. I mean, this is not some giant Ricola (laughs) ski jump length (laughs) Alpenhorn. But it's big. Is it taller than him? It's taller than him. Yeah. Okay. And we get to the and everybody has stood up for this patriotic song. You know, children are running between the tables, but this is clearly some Swiss moment and everybody's singing along. And then they get to the last verse, and in the you know, the dying of the light, this they all man sing
1: Heil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, this man standing outside begins to play a melancholy solo on the Alpenhorn. I, whoa. I guess it's like the same reason the drummer is to the back of the stand right like the Alpenhorn player has to be literally outside the building and the rest of the band is inside yeah whoa uh, and so he plays whatever the the you know the, the dying notes of this patriotic Swiss song and why am I telling this story oh because all of a sudden the town filled with cows. <laughs> So I guess uh, the thing about the alpenhorn being central to life there is not just for the postcards and the brochures. It's to communicate across these these wide valleys, exactly. And apparently the cows would know. And, it's like a hillbilly. I instrument. mean, it's, I guess it's possible you're communicating to your to your cowherd son. <laughs> hey, soup's on, bring the kids, bring the cows in. Or it could be that the cows just know that they should start wandering back around that time.
1: Well, so I uh, in my uh, did I ever mention that I walked across Europe? Holy wait. You walked across the continent of Europe. I did, and uh, when I was in uh, Eastern Europe, specifically the great nation of Romania, more than once, I was staying at someone's house, and at dusk, the cows came home. So they the cows would not have to be brought. They would no. know. They would come down together, walk down the middle of the street of the village, is as a group as a parade. As, Ron's a, de as a as a Ron's de Vos, and they would peel off one <sighs> after the other to their respective little. I mean, you know. Good night, Sam. Good yeah, night, Ralph. Yeah. Each house had not a and n- nothing close to a pasture, like a little stable, a little cow house. None of them had horses, but they did have a cow or two cows, and the cows would. And so I was staying wow. with somebody in the uh, in the the Retazat, uh, right outside of it. And, uh, and dusk fell. And then it was night and he was like, where's my cow? And he and I went out in the night together because his cow hadn't come home.
0: Is his cow still up on the hill somewhere? No, we or did found wander to the wrong we pasture? We
1: found the cow. It was just kind of, it was on its way just and just it hadn't gotten on. home yet. And he was like, you know, he was talking to it. Like, what the hell, where have you been? They don't seem like the
0: most motivated animal.
1: Well, but I think- They want to be inside at night if they can. Sure. Apparently. I mean, I had never experienced this and I was I want to
0: be inside at night. It's that's relatable.
1: I was so gobsmacked that like the cows coming home is a is a real thing, and you do something until the cows come home, and I guess then that's when things stop. You're done. (laughs) They're done. You're done. Uh but,
0: but I guess I assumed the cows would have to be brought. And no. No. Apparently, no. Well, no. I saw it over and over. Also at they night. They got the echolocation. The geese come home. What? One time I was in a town and I got caught in the middle of a 600 geese. The geese are backed up all the way to
1: the S curves. <laughs> there was there was no little boy with a switch. Uh there were just geese and they are awful. And when you see them in the hundreds, they are horrifying like I was so scared more scared than if it would be, if it had
0: been Rottweilers they're so mean they're just and they're relentless so this is a this is a type of traditional Swiss music associated with this pivotal moment of the day and in its most common form the Rance des vaches actually has lyrics you know it, it's become it's gone from a functional you know the equivalent of clanging a triangle for for dinner time it's actually become kind of a symbolic folk song of the region here's one English translation and it's the kind of song where there's a short verse and then like a lengthy cor- chorus and then you know back then there was nothing actually good to do so why not have 19 short verses for your song is it an umpa song no we can we can hear we can hear a bit of it in a okay. moment um so here's just so you understand the the, the plot what's going on in the, in the march of the cows it begins, the cowherd from the Columbets got up very early, the Columbets being a, just a mountain city in, in Gruyere. And then there's a long chorus. Lioba, Lioba for Milking. Lioba, Lioba for Milking. Lioba in the local dialect is just a word meaning. Uh it probably comes from a local verb ayoba, meaning to call the cow. So this is the this is the, the sui. Right. Of the cows. To call the cows for Leoba, milking. Leoba. Leoba. Like, and we, do you, Do you know the English word? There is an English word, although. Suey. I mean, for pigs, it's suey. Uh, do you know cows, what it is for cows? You
1: say, um, uh, Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what I mean, this is.
0: is the kind of thing where, you know, if we had Rihanna. been talking about this 50 years ago, maybe everybody would know and they would remember a grandpa or a dad saying this. Right. You might say, kubasi. No, or come boss, or hey boss. No, yeah, Kobas, Kobas, Kobas. You'd stand out in the back of your house and say Kobas, Kobas, kubasi, kubasi, Kobasi. What? Bossy being the the kind of the canonical name for a cow. The way Fido is a dog. What? Do you not know Bossy as a cow name? Bessie. You call cows Bessie. Bessie comes from Bossy, which comes from B O S, the Latin genus for oxen and cows. What? Yeah. Holy. An ox is boss, Taurus, in in uh, you know uh, Linnaean taxonomy. Boss Taurus sounds like the sheriff of a town in Alabama. It's the it's the bad guy in Outland, starting Sean Connery. <laughs> boss Taurus is Latin for B O S. Just means it's uh, the Latin root for cow. I mean, bovine. I think comes from the same prefix, right? I believe. But Boss Taurus then is boy cow. No, Taurus is uh yeah. I guess I mean Taurus meaning the bull is this the. That's the cattle species of all the wild oxen and cattle oh, in, in genus Boss. I see. So Boss Taurus, I guess, would be our, our domesticated bulls. So um, you'd say Bossy, Bossy, Bossy. And that would be Suey, Suey, Suey. And then Whoa. in would come the cows. No, and the, the idea that there's a magic syllable that summons the animals, it just occurs to me now, is probably what gives us the movie Babe. Where the pig lear- Do you remember the movie Babe? The pig learns all the secret well. words. The, the sheep that will summon the sheep. Yeah,
1: right. And so it, he
0: doesn't have to chase right. them like a dog. He just right. calls he, them. He can just call them. And in the movie, it's kind of like a mystical incantation that the sheep have to follow. But that's a common agrarian belief that the pigs come when you say suey and the cows come when you say kobos and that's just how the farm works. Huh. I mean, back when there were cute little family farms and not awful GMO protein mills. And the
1: dog comes when you say Fido.
0: The dog comes when you say. The goose comes when you say you bastards. And the cat comes when you're dead. <laughs> so sorry. To eat your face. So the to eat your face. So the so the chorus is, is kind of this Leo you know come for milking come all white ones black ones red ones the ones marked with stars young ones other ones oh so <laughs> it's it's the most inclusive song of the era. It sounds like he pretty much could have said all cows matter. He doesn't have to say young ones other ones. No, you got to roll down and name, everybody under this, it's oh, not called LGB anymore. It's LGBTQ plus under this. Yeah. It could just be L plus yeah. the plus, the yeah. plus means everything. It would just be plus under, no, just a giant cross. <laughs> no, it ma- the, the others have primacy. That's why their initials, the plus, the plus is meant to convey. This is what I learned about the acronym. The Bip-
1: professor and Marianne,
0: the acronym BIPOC intentionally foregrounds black and indigenous people before other people of color. Oh. It's in order of importance. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. if you say people of color, that implies that, right, they all have had equal status of marginalization and hardship, which is not true. But the other one, you, the
1: other alternative would be pockbi, which doesn't. That's not <laughs> anywhere close
0: as good. So what I'm saying is, or LGBTQ po- or, clearly or, or. establishes the primacy of lesbians or in, in the hierarchy. Pockib, pockib that's no good. That sends me back to my home dimension if I say bipoc backwards. <laughs> under this oak tree where I milk you, under this aspen tree where I make cheese. <laughs> what, did, what are you talking to me now or are you are you doing back to the lyrics? No, I was actually talking to you. okay, let's get back to the lyrics. <laughs> Und, under this oak tree where I milk you, under this aspen tree where I make cheese. so he's got he's got two trees, one for each for a different part of the dairy process. Leoba Leoba for milking. Okay, then the story continues. when they reached Bosch Jelvu. Which I guess is just um low low tide. I guess it's it's some some part of the valley. There's no low tide in Switzerland. Well there's there's a there's a, there's a bottom of the valley where the river runs through. But there's no tide. There is not, no. Low waters, let's say. Okay. A pox upon me. They couldn't get through. So he's stymied in his cow herding by by a river. But also mentioning pox. <laughs> That's true. But it might be <laughs> metaphoric. It might be like Devil take me. Is it though? Or maybe is he, Maybe this is also a proto-vaccine Do You think he caught cowpox? Because I think that there was some cultural memory, even before Jenner invented the smallpox fixing, there was some cultural memory that the, the dairy maids would not get smallpox every year. Is that true? Oh. I think, I think that might be true. That, oh. that it, it was part of the folklore. People knew that the cowpox victims didn't get smallpox. Oh. Leoba, Lioba cool for story. milking. The ones with bells go first. The completely black ones go last. Wow. Ouch. Pro- problematic. Leoba, Leoba for milking. Okay, so then the story continues. Poor Peter, what do we do here? We're pretty stuck in the mud. Lengthy chorus. You must go and knock on the door, on the priest's door. Lengthy other chorus. What do you want me to say to our good priest? So the plot advances very slowly, and then oh, there's this Then there's this momentum-killing <laughs> chorus. There's a hole in the bucket. The hole in the bucket, yeah, him. basically. It's not cumulative like that, but it does have a whole, um, what's an example of a song like that where you add the you add a small verse, but then you've got to sing the whole thing again? Oh, um... I don't know. It's a lot of campfire songs, right?
1: Yeah, right. Or uh,
0: God Bless America. <laughs> <laughs> he must say a mass so that we can get through. They want the priest to pray for a, a successful river crossing. He went to knock on the door and say to this priest, Leoba Leoba, et etc. you must say a mass so we can get through. Yes, we've covered this. The priest gave his answer. Poor brother, if you want to get through, Leoba, Leoba, lengthy chorus, you must give me a bit of cheese, but without skimming the milk. Hmm. Is that like good fatty cheese then, I guess? Or he wants both. Without skimming the milk, he wants wants the cheese. He wants curds, but he also wants, wants
1: the whey. He wants full milk. He wants you to get in the cheese from one batch of milk, and then he wants another batch of
0: I think full the, milk. at this point the cheese curds are still in the are the milk solids are still in the milk. He wants the cheese curds but he wants to make sure you're not He also wants a full ladle dipper of milk with it, right? Mm-hmm. Send us your maid. We'll make a good fat cheese for her.
1: Whoa, Whoa what's going on here?
0: <laughs> Suddenly the priest has a sexy maid? Uh, and uh, the The priest confirms Give my, a good fat cheese. my maid is too pretty. You could very well keep her. Uh, what's
1: This is this is, is not compatible with Marxism. Little
0: trafficking going on in this song? I don't know. Maybe the priest is a virtuous priest who thinks the charms of the dairy maid are wasted on the charms of his housekeeper are wasted on him. Maybe a, a good strapping I mean this would be the cowherd song. So of course in their version The priest is the priest sa- is like, saying, Hey, how about my hot maid?
1: You know, this this maid who's presently living in a nice priest hole. Yeah. Uh priest work, hole. working for a priest who's presumably doesn't have many needs, why don't you go live with this Cowherd, that's kind of a demotion.
0: Well, the, the mountains get lonely. You know, this is from the point of view of the cowherd, the incel cowherd who thinks I am entitled to a, a pretty clerical housekeeper. I'm giving you the fat milk. Why not? <laughs> but also, the transaction should be fat milk for blessing on the river. Why did the hot maid even come into this? You don't know? Yeah, I know. <sighs> don't be afraid, dear priest. We're not that hungry for her. So I guess it's a virtuous. Peter is mm. a virtuous cowherd. Mm.
1: Or or he's an incel who's like, I get plenty of girls.
0: <laughs> maybe it's a test. The priest is like, maybe maybe the the priest is like, let's see if they oh, are, are pure will sinner. succumb to the pleasures of the flesh. Um but then or then it's another turn after the next Leoba, You'll have to hear our confession because we kissed your servant too much. Even though they just came and knocked on the door, they've also been around back kissing the kissing the the maid. Apparently. Well,
1: life is long, you know. You can do both.
0: During the lengthy choruses, apparently there have been some some shenanigans going on at the priest's house. Uh, can you hum this tune? We're getting to it. Okay, sorry. Uh, chorus again. We wouldn't be forgiven for taking the church's property. Hmm. Uh, I guess they're, they're insisting that, you know, sure, we'll kiss your maid, but we can't take her away. She's too important to the local. She belongs to the church. Yikes. She's a bride of Christ. Go back, my poor Peter. I'll say a Hail Mary for you. So he's going to bless the river after all. Leoba, Leoba, et cetera. I wish you many goods and cheese, but come see me often.
1: That is absolutely going to be something I start saying. I wish you many goods and cheese.
0: But come see me often.
1: But come see me often. What if at
0: the end of every omnibus we say to the listener, I wish you many goods and cheese, but come see us next week. I'm going to write that down. On the omnibus. That's going to be our thing. (laughs) And let's see what, this is actually a folk song that it comes back around and resolves the conflict, which is not always true in these kind of meandering old ballads. Peter went back to the bache Vu that's not even right, bache maybe, and all the herd could get through. And then the big ending, they put the rennet in the cauldron before they milked half the herd. So it gets just gets back to kind of slice of life dairy uh Yeah, operation. just regular dairy stuff. Just putting the rennet in the cauldron the way you do. Put the rennet in the coffin, <laughs> in the cauldron. Put the <laughs> rennet in the coconut. You know, John, I deal in answers and questions for a living. I know you do. In that order. I for- have a lot of questions about how that happened for you. <laughs> it's a little
1: weird. <laughs> and you have so few answers.
0: That's because generally I have the answer first and then oh, sure. the question. Sure, sure, of course. But, uh, you know, it's it sometimes can be difficult to hunt down answers to questions. You're on the internet, you've got a real life question like, how do I find real candidates to fill these job openings that have the right skills? Isn't that the kind of thing you're often wondering as you're Googling? It is.
1: And you know, I've hired a lot of people in my day uh, to work for... um, To work in your Tanzanite minds. Yeah. And to work for the Roderick Group. And um, I've had very mixed results. I don't really know how to get the right candidates for the job, it's su- the the Roderick Group is a very specialty operation.
0: You're always, you know, firing people from uh, from Waystar Rodco, yeah, throwing them off the throwing them off the the the, the observation platform on the hundred eighth floor. We have a
1: lot of government contracts, the Roderick Group uh, that you know that I'm not allowed to really talk about. But so my employees have to be. Um. Pretty specialized. I mean, do you have a solution to this problem?
0: Let me recommend to you Indeed. Indeed. The Roderick Group needs Indeed to be its hiring partner because it's one-stop shopping for attracting, interviewing, and hiring new talent all in one place. But I'm not an expert at
1: this. Is there is there some learning curve where I have to figure out how to do a whole process?
0: No. With uh, With Indeed's Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates and you don't pay unless they meet the must-have requirements you've posted for your Rodri Group jobs.
1: But aren't there a ton of job sites
0: that offer these services? Why would I choose Indeed? Indeed does it all. They deliver four times more hires than all other job sites combined. John, so, you, so you don't have to sit around posting on multiple sites. Let the talent come to you with indeed.com they'll partner with you on every step of the hiring process all the way through assessments virtual interviews everything till they come on board indeed is there for you
1: well i'm ready to start hiring right now but uh, I'd, I'd like a little enticement and i know Omnibus
0: often offers futurelings a special deal Poof. What if we sponsored some kind of job credit? Would that be would that m- wiggle the dial, as it were, for it,
1: you? It would. I kind of feel like uh, that's that's a that's pretty special. What what are we going to
0: offer? You'd probably be pretty impressed if it was like a twenty five dollar sponsored job credit. Yeah, that would that'd get me off the stool. You'd be even happier if it was a fifty dollar sponsored Come job credit. Come on, who can afford to to pass this opportunity up? You know what? I'm going to sweeten the pot further. Even though you've just said you would be happy with the lower numbers, I'm not, I don't know why I'm doing this.
1: What are you going to do, moneybags? I want you
0: to start hiring right now. I'm going to offer a $75 sponsored job credit for anyone who upgrades their job post at Indeed.com slash omnibus. This offer is valid through March 31st.
1: So go to Indeed.com slash omnibus to
0: claim your $75 credit before March 31st. That's correct. Indeed.com slash omnibus. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So it's a very lengthy 19-verse song, Uh but because of its uh, association with the bucolic charms of the Swiss hills, it has come to mean a lot to Switzerland. And this particular version, I think, is even filtered outside of Switzerland, um, mostly thanks to... The Age of Romanticism.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say a hit version by the three tenors. <laughs>
0: it won Eurovision in <laughs> 1979. We all love Laurents de Vaches in thick Bulgarian accents. No, the a lot of the romantic composers fell for, as everyone was in Europe at the time, fell for the idea of Switzerland. Oh, um, right. This is around the same time that uh, I, I think in, it's what's central to it is the British discovering mountain climbing. Right. And realizing that... As part
1: of a, as a, a general, like, grand tour of Europe for the rich scions. And I guess
0: I don't know the dates here, but I assume it's also expansion of railroads. You no longer have to, like, walk into the Alps with a bindle on your back. It's now... You know, it's now... Uh, you Unless can get...
1: you're Patrick Lee Femore.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's still an option for your adventurous young uh, homosexual. Uh-huh. Um, but you could also... Uh, you know, now you get off the boat and maybe you can take transportation. Sure. To Schemin de Fair, uh, to uh to the beautiful valleys and and uh, rills of Switzerland. And this particular tune was catchy enough that Beethoven borrowed from the air, Berlioz, Schumann. Like at the time it was hmm. like the tune that was everywhere. Schumann, Mendelssohn, Liszt, Wagner, uh, Schiller, and other romantic poets used the imagery from the of lyrics in their poetry. And most prominently, Rossini borrowed it for uh, his opera, William Tell, which is set in Switzerland. Oh, oh. So it would be like, it would be like borrowing Yankee Doodle Dandy for an opera set in America. You know, like this is the Swiss local color. Everybody's going to expect to hear maybe not Yankee Doodle Dandy, but maybe borrowing the Yankee Doodle um, Fife part for your, for your <whistles> colonial American work. You know, that, that actually
1: happens quite a bit right? Sure. Um, you throw that fife in, into the soundtrack of almost any war movie when the when the U.S. Army rolls in.
0: Or Warner Brothers cartoons, which is probably where you would have heard Rossini's setting of Rons DeVos today. It's, um, it's kind of a... It shows up in the overture, like not the Lone Ranger part, but the later part of the overture, and then it plays once in the first act, and it plays at the very end after the climactic storm. The clouds clear, and then you hear this kind of Beautiful pastoral air played on a, a, a flute and a, a cor anglais, an English horn, and it kind of be, in the what two hundred years since then, it's kind of just become shorthand for the music of the countryside, the music of morning, the with with no you, the music of passing uh, clouds. What, there's music of the morning. Yeah. So, let, imagine the sun Just is coming up me in a. Just angel. <laughs> yeah, exactly, or uh, uh downtown train. Uh huh. <laughs> no, ima- nine to five by Dolly Parton. Uh-huh. No, imagine like a Warner Brothers cartoon where the sun is coming up on the farm. Oh yeah. What is playing? Oh wait. Oh, I know this tune. W- what would you hum if I were to say that? Can you? Can you do it?
1: Um. It's um. Oh, uh, It's right. In, it's it. Uh, it's on the tip of your whistle. Yeah. It really is. I wish I hadn't said. Uh, morning is broken
0: no it's not life. the cast even song it's uh <clears throat> what is it oh boy let's listen right to a little of Rossini's setting of the Rond de Vache So you can imagine this can be used for um, the rain stopping or oh, the yeah. sun rising or even just... It does feel like the sun coming out. Did you ever have this walking across Europe? Did you hear this in your mind when the the sun would rise over the Carpathians or whatever? It's such a thing from childhood. <laughs> and, and it's because it got used in a lot of movie soundtracks and... Warner Brothers, Mary Melodies, Carl Stalling soundtracks. It's right up
1: there with... Um, with flight of the bumblebees right. as a thing that
0: conveys a cartoon or saber dance or so there's a there's a bit of an argument in our house over what the music cuz we do this as a bit when um the, you know something as simple as the sun coming out from behind a cloud or the car passing around the corner into a beautiful landscape you do it in your family yeah we just we actually just sing even you though a, we don't have the lyrics we'll oh, just you go do. we'll just go except here's the problem i do do you know that one? Oh yeah yeah right which is um, it's a little high sorry which is kind of a very similar also cartoon morning music it's actually that's actually from pure gint that's morning mood by edvard grieg and the kids are like no it's not that one it's da 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 da, da. they they prefer the rossini interesting whenever we're
1: like running around whenever my daughter is like running around busy i always do that's saber
0: dance right oh no no, uh, no or is that is that just um powerhouse no powerhouse is that's saber dance right
1: uh no it's that's flight of the bump oh it's right
0: what's saber oh saber dance is then oh, i can't do it no wait that's not cracker who knows and then there's
1: also... Um, We're
0: That's more like...
1: That's a different kind of highway music. So you guys actually will hum these songs to one another.
0: Yeah, cartoon music. And I don't even know how that even started.
1: I definitely will
0: do... Except that one's racist. <laughs> but, I mean,
1: but I do it all the time what? to symbolize what? At, you're going to a Thai restaurant? No, no, no. How do I use it? I use it as as like segue music, um, often to announce that I'm walking into a room. Oh, interesting.
0: But am I wrong? Isn't that some like or, orientalized Mikado kind of a yeah, thing? Yeah, for, for sure it is. But,
1: <laughs> but I used to have a Casio keyboard that had that as one of the preset little 8-bit sounds. Yeah. And I used it as my, I would carry that keyboard around with me when I was in Harvey Danger.
0: You're and, like the Radio Raheem, except you. <laughs> yeah. And every
1: time I would get on the the tour bus, you know, the, you, you climb up on the tour bus and often there's a curtain that separates the driver's compartment from the rest of the bus. Yeah. And when the curtain was closed, I would stick my little Casio keyboard, my SK-1 through the, uh, through the curtain and play my intro music. It was a th- It was a bit. I had a bit. But it was you know, it was nineteen ninety nine before before you he, he weren't uh before I knew that it had any any connotation.
0: Well you could do the, you could hilarious. play well from now on you can play just the Rossini music instead. It's like it's a breath of fresh air, John Roderick is here. <laughs> it's kind of a wake up thing, right? It's kinda yeah. like morning is here.
1: Yeah. No, I don't want people to think that I'm like a harmless sunshine. I want them to think that I'm a And I'm a rampaging
0: con. That's Sabre Dance. Isn't it? The reason why Rons de Vache is so relevant, I mean, so it went from little local folk song to Europe-wide symbol of not just Switzerland, but romantic landscapes and feelings everywhere, the primacy of nature. Right. To the degree that the canton of Freiburg in Switzerland, once tried to make Rons de Vosch its like district song. Oh,
1: copywriting it.
0: Well not copyright, but just making it the estate like you know, the, the equivalent of the state song of uh, of Ohio. Right. What is the state song of Ohio? I'm it's the classic Oh Ohio my Ohio. <laughs> By the banks of the I don't know. Mighty Cuyahoga. John Denver, the only uh, American responsible for two state songs, I believe. Nope, Stephen Foster. Stephen Foster and John Denver. <coughs> what, are the, uh, what are the
1: state songs written by Stephen Foster? I don't know. Swanee River and My Old Kentucky Home, I assume. And then what about John Denver? We got West Virginia Mountain Mama. And what's the other one?
0: It's actually... I don't have a joke here. It's the Muppets. It's 12 Days of Christmas with the Muppets.
1: No, <coughs> Is the not. state
0: song of Utah? It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's Rocky Mountain High.
1: Oh, Rocky Mountain High, Colorado. Uh,
0: the interesting thing about... Oh, sorry. And so I didn't finish that thought. So Freiburg decided not to make that their state song because they thought that the rest of Switzerland would be offended that they were trying to claim yeah. geographic ownership.
1: Yeah, it's like the state of Wyoming the, saying their state song was... America the Beautiful. America the Beautiful. Basically.
0: We've got Purple Mountains Majesty. Suck it, uh, Tennessee.
1: I actually wouldn't care if they did that. I think it would be funny.
0: But our like some of our first knowledge of what Rons de Vache means to the Swiss comes to us from no less than Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Heard of him. The philosopher, you know, America... Oh, I
1: thought you meant the rapper. <laughs>
0: we wouldn't be here without him. America would not exist. We would just be South Canada right now. Uh, he wrote a music dictionary in 1768, and his entry for Rons de Vache says, defines it as, air famous among the Swiss, and that the young herdsmen play on the bagpipes. So I guess before the Alpenhorn, they all had bagpipes. Huh. While looking after the cattle in the mountains. And then he goes on to say, this air, and this is how I first came across Rons devache this air was so generally beloved among the Swiss that it was forbidden to be played in their troops under pain of death because it made them burst into tears, desert or die, whoever heard it. What the power of this song to a Switzer uh, to a Swissman, a Schweitzer, a Schweitzer mercenary fighting in some foreign for some foreign crown? Oh right, okay. so strong that if they were to hear bum, 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 they would die. They would either burst into tears, <laughs> desert, or die immediately. So if they were marching on Sweden. <laughs> You could
1: just get a bagpipe and play this at them and that'd be the end. It's like
0: when Noriega's in the embassy. Right. You get a big boombox, and you play (laughs) play Master of Reality.
1: So so
0: great a desire did it excite in them of returning to their country. It just made them immediately so homesick for the mountains of Switzerland. Right. Covered in in herds of cows. We shall seek in vain to find in this air any energic accents capable of producing such astonishing effects. So, Rousseau is mystified. These effects, which are void in regard to strangers, not not inherent in the song, you have to actually be Swiss, come alone from custom, reflections, and a thousand circumstances, which retraced by those who hear them, and recalling the idea of their country, their former pleasures, their youth, and all their joys of life, excite in them a bitter sorrow for the loss in them. So, you actually become not just homesick, but borderline suicidal, thinking about... Uh, how sad you are for lost youth, missed opportunity, and so forth. This was 1768. Yes, I bet George Washington wished there was a song that
1: similar, similarly affected the Hessians. Right, right, like
0: <laughs> and they all die. Just play some Oompa song or some cro- <laughs> boom, 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 some work. The music does not, in this case, act precisely as music, but as a memorative sign. Mm. This air, though it continues the same, does not produce at present the same effects. Which it produced before among the Swiss. So he's saying its power is being lost. Because having lost the taste for their ancient simplicity, they no longer regret it. Oh, it's
1: a little condescending.
0: Yeah, I guess he's saying it used to work better. Like nowadays we've kind of lost touch with the old ways. Sure,
1: These they've...
0: young people today don't don't burst into flames anymore when you play <laughs> da, 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 exposed da.
1: to 18th century jazz and they've never gone back. <laughs> um that's interesting
0: that the Swiss are seen as so sentimental. Right, because that is not that does not accord with our modern stereotype. No. They're efficient. Yes. Bureaucratic. Chauvinistic. Right, but not romantic in any degree. No, I do not
1: think of them as being especially
0: romantic. It's even the punchline of that joke. Do you, you know the joke about how in heaven the the oh. German are the soldiers, right?
1: The f- the, the, the English are, are the, the merchants,
0: cooks. the Italians are the cooks, and the, and the, the French, French are the, are the lovers. lovers. And the and then well what happens in hell? Oh, it's all the same people. <laughs> but in hell, the British are the cooks, the <laughs> how does it go? Right, the Italians are the government. The Italians are the government the germans are the whatever and yeah, the, the swiss uh, and it ends the swiss are the lovers right which is probably the part of the punchline that would mystify americans but
1: yeah no i always say the germans are the lovers and the french are running what is it the french are the what are, what are the french bad at oh no the french are
0: the French are the soldiers. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe that's the French are the soldiers. I think that's what it is. The French are the soldiers, or the
1: French are on the government, and the Italians are the soldiers. It's
0: got to be Italians of the government, yeah. right? Well, I mean, they're bad at both. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rich vein. It's a rich vein. Uh, so, but apparently, at the time when the European fascination with Switzerland was just for the just the romantic character that the very landscape induces in their spirit, yes, the idea would be that if you if you maybe this is a foreigner's view of the Swiss because Rousseau is our only source here. Right. For this idea that these soldiers would immediately desert if they heard heard a single plaintive English horn playing that melody.
1: But the French definitely have more Swiss, more feelings about the Swiss than almost anyone else. Right? Except for maybe the Liechtensteinians have very strong feelings about the Swiss.
0: I guess that's true. But anyway, from Rousseau filters this idea that the Swiss have just an amazing reservoir of of a feeling in their soul that other countries can't even contemplate. Can you imagine somebody who just commits suicide on hearing a few notes on a French horn or an English horn? What would the song in America be that caused <laughs>
1: us to <laughs> abandon our posts and like just lay down and die?
0: <laughs> Let me see. I mean, I guess the question is like, is it Wichita lineman? <laughs> yeah. Which Jimmy Webb song is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done.
1: Um, What would it be? The song that unites everyone in the United States
0: in a common... It's Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA. Yeah, maybe. It's Toby Keith's uh, Kiss This Flag, You Camel Jockey, or or whatever awful song. He no, you know, you know, it's probably like The Gambler. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we already mentioned John Denver. Yeah, that's right. It's certainly Annie's Song, or Take Me Home Country Roads, or... Yeah, right. Uh, Close to You by the Carpenters. Uh, That's a
1: nice song. I, I mean, think I would lay down I would sword. leave the
0: army. I mean, the funny thing is about the idea that the army would ban a song because the soldiers would all leave, it actually kind of rings autobiographically true for me. Um, anyone who has ever served a full-time mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints— What's the song? No. Dueling uh, Dueling banjos? <laughs> <laughs> Onward Christian soldiers. No, the idea is that you, uh, at least in the era in which I served, it was very common to tell the missionaries not to listen to popular music because it would make you, you know. Miss Home. Miss Home, yeah. And so for, you know, for my uh, colleague from from, uh, Bakersfield, California, he was so bummed that he had to leave his journey tapes at home. And, you know, the next guy would be from Snowflake. I thought you were going Ariz- to say Roy
1: Clark. I well, that's what
0: that. it would be. Then you know, Buck Owens, I guess. But Snowflake, Arizona. This guy would be it mis- would be mad that he couldn't listen to Garth Brooks. Right. And
1: uh, so what the what the common thread was is uh, all the missionaries were mad.
0: <laughs> well, the funny thing is, when I served, we had it, it was kind of left to local authority, and the guy in charge of running our mission had said. Uh, you can listen to music from home. Just make sure it's not, you know, awful obscenity, and only do it once a week on your day off when you're doing chores and playing half court basketball. Right. And I felt extremely lucky when I felt because you know in our in our six weeks in you know learning Spanish boot camp, I was really missing '90s rock. Oh yeah. And uh, what and, was your favorite band in '90s?
1: Nineteen ninety
0: three. Ninety-three. Well, what did I ask my? So as soon as I got to Madrid well, and I found out, Alice and I and found out we could listen to music, it was please send me all my REM tapes and all my. Traveling Wilburys. I would have been gentle. Yeah, ten, where's all my Natalie Merchant? Oh send boy. me my ten thousand Maniacs tapes. Cranberries was a little too rough, a little too hard. Oh, I love the Cranberries. Uh no, it was it, it was harder as well. You know, it Indigo was girls. it was also Pixie you know, no, it was Pixies and uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, maybe not Fugazi. I was gonna have to knock doors and talk about Jesus. But, but And Lucia. But Pixies Aye. maybe. Um and so my brother would very conscientiously make me mixes and my sister would too, just so you know, when he went out and bought the new Juliana Hatfield record or Liz Fair. Or Liz Fair record, this is 1993. So, right now, the local um, college radio turned public radio station here is 50 years old. And Whoa. every, uh, isn't that crazy? Whoa. KCMU is 1972. Whoa. Is that possible?
1: When they had a when their, um, transmitter was 11 watts. When it literally could not get
0: across the ship canal. Uh, you couldn't
1: hear it in Padelford.
0: Am I right about that? Is thick. it 50th anniversary or 40th anniversary? No, it's 50 1972. Wow. So every week this year they're playing music from a different year. And I got in the car the other day on during 1993 week. And it was exactly the time of my life when I was Sebado, Sebado, Sebado. <laughs> so much Dinosaur <laughs> Jr. <Junior. laughs> Hope you guys like the Reverend Horton Heat because no because it was the you know, it's the time of my life when I was first of all what, 20 years old, right. 19 20 years old and therefore Music obsessed, but also it was the time when music was in short supply because I was living in Spain and could only listen to pavement once a week. Right. Otherwise, it was the three tenors. (laughs) It it actually was like, hey, the rest of the week, just put on some enriching classical, um, you know, maybe some hymns from the good old Mormon Tabernacle choir. Are those Um, inspiring? They are. Not to me, but yes, to someone. Sure. It's a big sound. It's a big room. By a big sound, you mean. 150 white people <laughs> singing, singing in unison. Yes, yeah, that's right. No harmony. that's not allowed. That's the devil's uh, 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 chromatism. <laughs> <laughs> no, they sing harmony. Um, but like, really, the, like those songs, you know, the you know, "Altered Beast" by Matthew Sweet and whatever that uh, uh, Belly record was, and the right. first Breeders record. You know, Check the, your head. Right. That was exactly what they were playing that day, and I was like, I know every song. You know, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, right. S- Spoonman? Could that be 93 or would that be 94? Uh, seems lo- seems later. Maybe that's 94.
1: Oh, well, Bad Motorfinger was 91? <sighs> think 91. 92? 92. 91. No, 92. Bad Motorfinger was 92. So, yeah, Spoonman could have been. Black Hole Sun.
0: L7. Did
1: we listened to a lot of L7.
0: <laughs> I think that might have been on the... Uh... And the, on the Fugazi side of the long... I definitely... I think Deception Passed by Mudhoney might have been the first song on the first mix my brother sent me in Spain. Cool, bro. It might have been. And that would have been... I guess that came out in 92. So yeah, Piece of Cake 92. So anyway, like I, I very much feel like one of these Swiss mercenaries. Who so was which like, was
1: the one that made you lay down your, your uh, Book of Mormon and start
0: to die? Didn't do it. Oh. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. The saddest possible song could play. Someone to pull the trigger by Matthew Sweet or something, and I would I would be resolute because that would be the one day a week when I was allowed to listen. Wow. Uh, the rest of the week, maybe it would have it would have been too distracting. But this idea, you know, spread throughout Europe that um,
1: that they were a bunch of the, the, the sentiment sentimentalists.
0: Yeah, about this one weird cows about song. this one weird cows song. You know,
1: it, that might actually be the one for me—a song by the cows. <laughs> the cow sills? No, the cows. That's the, the different different vibe.
0: Uh, and between that and the alpinism and the tuberculosis, which is the other reason why Europe was sending people to Switzerland. Oh, sure. You know, that healthy mountain air. Yeah. Um, people just romanticized, la, what's it called? La Rons de Vache out of all proportion. Like, Thoreau writes about it twice in Walden. You know, people just associated that particular air Mm-mm. With the beauties of nature. Like, I think of it as a Waldenesque. Thoreau hears a thrush and says, um, The music of the cowbell is more sweeter and nutritious than even the milk which the farmers drink. I long for what, you know, his longing for the forest and the primeval wilderness was, was filtered through this idea of Swiss pastures. Hmm. Um, and when he's harvesting his beans next to his cabin, he says, My hoe played the Rons de Vache for them. So, oh, dear. Not problematic. Not his girlfriend. Literally, his. When
1: you say it, I always assume his his long-handled
0: garden instrument. So, why do we associate songs with memory in this way? Now, today we have something available to us which Thoreau and Rousseau did not have, which is not an orchestra, (laughs) which is bubblegum. No, which is neuroimaging. You know, we can play a song for somebody and see what's actually happening to their brain. And music turns out to be super powerful. You play a song to someone that they know and their whole brain lights up. Dopamine floods in. uh, And we know it's closely tied to memory because if you play a song to an uh, an expectant mother, if you play a song effectively to a fetus in utero, you you can later tell by playing after the baby is born, you can play them songs that they heard in utero and their brains will respond in a way that does not happen for other babies. Really? Yeah, you could play four songs to a baby and look at an MRI and be like, when that baby was in utero, she heard this one and this one, but not these two.
1: Interdasting.
0: And in fact, it appears to be closely tied to the visual cortex. Like when you hear music, your visual cortex lights up, which means you are experiencing immediate associations with mental pictures and memories. Like you're seeing experiences when you hear that song. You know, I'm... Yeah, I hear pavement, and I'm right back on the in college or on the streets of Madrid, preaching the good word.
1: When I hear The Cure's plain song, I see black lace, fingerless gloves, <laughs> and uh, like running eyeliner, eyeliner running down the cheeks in the mirror, or on, a, or, <laughs> no. on or on the girl you're dating. A, yeah, whoever I was dating at the time, <laughs> and to redolent of the smell of clove cigarettes.
0: Couples who have a their song, yeah, um, you know that song they listen to, and they. It not only, um, it actually strengthens the relationship. Yeah. Because, like, this is something that, you know, sociologists can prove. Like, yeah. marriages stick together more often if the couple has a their song.
1: And I mean, de- I definitely have, uh, I had a relationship that existed almost entirely around the band The Honey Drippers.
0: <laughs> was it, was it with a member of the band?
1: <laughs> no, it was just, you know, every time, uh. Every time, come with me, my love. Every time it played, wherever we were in the universe, we would run to the center of the dance floor and to meet one another because it was our song.
0: To this day. Like, I'll think of a song and I'll be like, oh, like, you know, oh, this reminds me of just riding the bus home with with this girl. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, and it's it's just. Uh... It was Zenyatta Mandata, wasn't it? It was absolutely. <laughs> it was easybra. This is the fact that we're mostly limiting this to reminiscences from our 20s is not an accident. There is a phenomenon of memory called the reminiscence bump, which says <clears> that as people age, they um, generally remember things from more recently, more than things from long ago, with the following exception: There's a bump peaking in your 20s. Oh, oh. Um,
1: so it wouldn't have been Zenyatta Mandata for you, because that might as well have been your grandparents.
0: Record. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's <laughs> n- like, let's, New Wave would be more like, uh, I saw it in a movie once. Right, right, right. No, this would be, uh, I don't but it could be like the B 52s or something. Later, later era. A Little later. Um, but this is, so there's actually good reason for, it's not just an emotional connection. For whatever reason, uh, we think mostly as we get older about things that either happened to us very recently or around 20 years old. Interesting. Wow. Intense. There are three theories proposed for this, and I don't think they're necessarily competing theories because they're not actually neurochemical theories. They're more narratives. You're a big fan of how the social sciences are bull, right? (laughs) There are more different ways to frame this phenomenon. So maybe they're all true. Um, According to the, uh, what's it called, the cognitive theory, according to the cognitive account, you remember things from that period just because so much happened. Mm-hmm. There's so much novelty in that time. Mm-hmm. And then it all kind of ended and your life got dull in your 30s. And yeah. so you have all that dull time to think back on all that time of incident and distinct events And that's why the boomers are so fixated (laughs) on Woodstock. That's exactly right. And why, you know, you and I are so fixated on grunge Lollapalooza. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, There's also the narrative or identity hypothesis, which says that that's the most formative time for people. You know, that's the time when you're building who you are. And as long as you stay who you are, you're going to continue to fixate on the time in your life when you were cementing that personality. Right. In our case, with the help of. Well, for me, Jane's addiction, for you, apparently, the police. It's why
1: there are so many annoying 47-year-olds that still want to talk about Fugazi.
0: It's like, just guys. Just, just say my name, John. Just, you don't have to. Just move on, please. You can just say it's me. I am an exactly 47-year-old. Uh, and finally, there's a, there's a more evolutionary-minded biological framing, which says that that's the same time when your cognitive abilities peak. Oh sure. Okay, you're the smartest. Your brain is at your sharpest in your, you know, around that time. You know, it's it's a it's a hump. It's a bell going from about 10 to about 30, peaking in your early 20s. And as a result, the the most genetically fit members of the species are ones who really take advantage of that time. Think back on it to learn the dumbass lyrics of a 100 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michael Stipe songs. <laughs> think how much more think how much more reproductively fit I am. Because I have potential. because I have theories about what the chorus to shaking through actually says. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are mis- just as in so many other things, we're misusing good right. evolutionary skills. But you know, if you spend a lot of time in your in your later life thinking back on the lessons learned there and the cognition accomplished there, you're more likely to pass along those genes because it was the dummies who didn't learn at that time. Who weren't thinking about REM lyrics, who then got eaten by a saber-toothed tiger.
1: It's interesting also that that would be the time when you would finally have graduated away from being a cowherd and presumably had whatever, joined the band or the local town council.
0: I mean, yeah, today that's a time when tastes are made. I don't know if that's, I mean, that certainly can't be in our genetics because youth culture is so new, but it could definitely be. Uh, Something in the culture that, you know, that's when you get to choose the things you care about. And it's not just, you know, your mom's John Denver records.
1: I mean, my dad never got tired of Glenn Miller and he'd listen,
0: he listened to him right up until the 2007s. I try to keep up, like, like a lot of sad, us sad people in their 40s and 50s. I try to keep up. Yeah. Um, And I can tell that my heart's just not in it.
1: Yeah, you say things to me all the time, like, oh, yeah, I went to see Schmedrick XL. I'm like, what the hell is that? And you're like, oh, it's the band. I'm like, how did you like it?
0: Well, I it was, was fine. I was the only one there over 20. <laughs> was good the case. opener was a YouTuber. That actually happened to me. The opener was, a, <laughs> was an influencer. Um, but, you know, now there's data. We can look at this on Spotify, and you can see, based on people's age, what they're listening to.
1: Thank goodness there's data.
0: And uh, men tend to listen to the music that they imprinted on between the ages of thirteen and sixteen. Yeah, right. And for women, it's a little younger for whatever reason. It's eleven to fourteen, and that's kind of what moves you for the rest of your life.
1: That's why my sister still listens to Rick Springfield, and I can't stop listening to the first Iron Maiden record.
0: I was, and it's funny how immediate it is. Like I was, I was thinking about this because I was driving down here, and. The radio started playing Carry the Zero by Built to Spill. Great song. It's fantastic. Great And, band. and in half a second, I was like, ah, oh, Built to Spill. You could just feel the 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 neurotransmitters and the endorphins flooding into my head. Yeah. And that's not true of a lot of other art, you know? Like if you showed me a painting and were like, have you ever seen this painting? I'd be like, I don't know. Uh, how about this mash episode? You ever watch this one? Well, let me see fifteen minutes of it, and then maybe I'll remember what you know. What's Clinger up to? Oh, maybe. is
1: this the one where Hawkeye is self-righteous? It, exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, but with a song, you Im- like it's so tied to memory. You like n- you have that Ron's Devosh moment. Sure. One in the first second. Second. Even if you even if you're not like, oh, this is Spoon or whatever. Like you immediately know whether you know the song or not. Right. Um. And if it's the Pointer Sisters singing. One, two, three, four, five, you also have all these emotional effects. But the other day, for some reason, I heard some like early 21st century U2 record that I owned. It was either All That You Can't Leave Behind or How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, one of those. And I heard one of the I heard for some reason a couple of the songs on Side A were playing back to back. And I was like, yep, I had this record, but. I was almost 30 at the time this came out and therefore you know I felt nothing. Yeah. But like if you play me any half a second of Unforgettable Fire or Joshua Tree, I will immediately like tell you which part of the school bus I'm sitting in <laughs> or or like how how good my Walkman batteries are, you know, like at that exact moment. It's I was such a lose it. partisan
1: about music. These were good bands, these bands sucked and every once in a while on uh, you know the radio will come up with some white snake song or survivor song and i'll hear the first second of it i'll know it intimately but i'll have that that conflict in my soul where it's like i know this song i know every note of it love it and, and it. hate it i love it and i hate it and i can't even tell you why i hate it cuz i've only heard like that the first sound of a dx7 powering up and i'm like
0: nope 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 it's tough. You're pretending. You're pretending on the outside, but on the inside, I know you're either gonna burst into tears, die, bum, or desert bum, the French bum, army. Bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. That's it. it. That's it for me. I'm 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 leaving the French <laughs> you're army. You're crying. I'm headed home. And that concludes Rons des vaches
1: Entry 1030.ps5010. Certificate number two six four one nine in the omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event that social media still exists in your era, you will almost certainly cry when you hear that Facebook startup sound. When you hear the marimba ringtone from the original <laughs> iPhone. Um, no, all of that's right. All of the the young people now are going to be similarly imprinted, probably not on music. Put on weird social media fonts and
0: no it's gonna you know what it is you know what my kids love listening to you know what they would put on the alexa all the time and in the car if they could what video game music oh of course this is the music to zelda this is the music to minecraft I, w- good, times. The, good times good times we're in a different world
1: when i used to be on the joko cruise they would the various nerd musicians that uh, that populate that environment would throw video game music into their tunes and get a huge cheer from the crowd. And I never knew what was happening. You know, they would just be like, ding, 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 ding. they've got some Zelda equivalent of doo, 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 doo. And it was, it was nuts to watch the crowd respond to it because I would always have to ask whoever it was after the show. Like, what was that? That, that weird little melody you threw in. They're like, oh yeah, it's World of Warcraft. Whatever. I don't know. There's their music to that. Maybe. Um, yeah, I, you're right.
0: I was on uh, when I was hosting Jeopardy the other day, one of the contestants actually plays in an orchestra that does full symphonic arrangements of video game music. Oh boy. We're doomed. We're doomed, basically.
1: <laughs> anyway, the, co- the go, comment is coming. Go to at omnibus project at John Roderick at Ken Jennings to have your ads, your ad experiences to get to get so moved by the tweets uh, that I put out in 2010 which uh, you can see because I've eliminated all the ones that are bad at John Roderick uh, you can email us at the omnibus project at gmail.com you can communicate with other futurelings on Facebook and other places by looking for futurelings you can mail us things at PO Box five five seven four four Shoreline Washington nine eight one five five. Ken, have you got any mail over there? This is fantastic.
0: Anne uh, loves Omnibus, Mrs. Friendly Fire, and bought this book in the mid seventies when she was going to UW. She says she bought it at the Seattle Center in some kind of basement bookstore. Was there ever a bookstore under the food court, like in the armory? There were so many
1: little shops down there under the food. It was a whole, a whole like rats Warren of little shops that sold. I don't know. I remember one that sold little crystals That I spent a lot of time in. Did the bubbleator go down there? The bubbleator did. There were there was like a it was an arcade. There were there was cotton candy. There
0: was all this stuff down there. It was a wonderful space. Well, look what Ann bought in the mid seventies when she was at UW. She bought a night yeah, the Children's Museum, which is closed still, I think. She bought a 1909 Dictionary of the Chinook Jargon.
1: Oh, how cool! And I guess she- it's in
0: perfect condition. I guess it's really really good shape. She and her friend in high school used to write notes to each other in Chinook Jargon. This book is so old that uh, the motif on the cover is a oh, it's a backwards swastika. it's a reverse swastika. Yeah, a sign of Peace, I guess Buddhist yeah, and Native American indigenous culture. Yeah, yeah. maybe quasi incorrectly. I don't know. But wow, a full oh it goes both ways. There's an English Chinook half and a Chinook English. That's half. the real one, I think. My uh,
1: I think this is probably where my my uh, family members that spoke Chinook jargon. You know, I, I said in the show that the last that Henry Henry Broderick was the last uh, Seattleite to be fluent in Chinook, but I know my great uncle Al Rochester. Could speak a little Chinook, because he would he would speak it to me sometimes. And this must have been their source material. Or they all had it, I'm sure.
0: And dug that up after she heard uh, the entry we did on Chinook jargon and finally found it and wanted you to have it. Oh, help. that's so wonderful. Thank you for sending oh, that, that along. It's that's beautiful.
1: Um, you can also support the show at patreon.com slash omnibusproject. And uh, we treasure your support. And there are lots of benefits um, that you can accrue to oneself there at uh, Omnibus on Patreon. Also, we wish you many goods and cheese.
0: And please come see us often. Listeners, from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. But if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word. However... Providence allows. We hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omnibus.